0: Passion, uh, but he's going to have life change happen, right? We're going to not be who we were anymore, but we're going to walk around with praise on our lips, and we're going to have peace, not regular peace, but abundant peace uh, in our lives. Well, uh, the goal today as we wrap up the series is just to do a couple things. One is to add one more step, step number eight, uh, and the other is to try to summarize uh, all of the steps for us one more time. So we just kind of Kind of get it, and uh, I don't know if uh, you were like me. Some of you that you know went through uh, uh, school there, whether it was high school or college or whatever it was you went through. But uh, one of those little uh, helpful things I discovered, they were these little, uh, they were these little yellow books, and uh, some guy named Cliff uh, had something to do with them. Do you, do you remember those books? You know about those books? Yeah, thank you. Good. I feel better that there's more than just me who knew about those books. But, uh, you know, they're Cliff Notes things, right? So what are Cliff Notes are that, that, that book that just kind of squashed everything together, kind of summarized so you get it all real fast in one place, right? Well, when it comes to life change, uh, that also exists, uh, in the scriptures. It's kind of this, this one place uh where it's kind of the the cliff notes of all of the steps right so that you know a month from now or two months from now and when, when you're like you know what i just i need to revisit that i need to think again about what you know what pastor shared there about about life change and you don't want to go back on the web page and go into the archives and listen to five messages right you just want the cliff notes where can you get it well the answer is in Matthew 5 Matthew 5 so if you brought your bibles with you today Now's the time to turn them open, uh, get to Matthew 5, uh, and we're going to look at uh, what we've fondly come to know as the Sermon on the Mount uh, and the opening of that, which is the Beatitudes. Okay? And the Beatitudes really become uh, the cliff notes. Right? But to understand them, we need to get the context of what's, what's going on. So here's what's happening in Matthew 5. Up until this time, we really haven't heard anything of Jesus teaching or speaking all we get is right before Matthew 5 at the end of chapter 4 uh, we get kind of the summary paragraph that says you know Jesus came out of the wilderness and then he called his disciples and then there's a summary paragraph that says and he went about uh, teaching and preaching the good news and healing anyone who had any disease and great crowds began began to follow him Okay? that's kind of the summary thing. So he went out preaching the good news uh, and he went out healing all kinds of diseases and the crowds responded and they started following him. But the question becomes, so what was the good news? It, it doesn't tell us anything that he said. It just tells us that he went out and he just preached the good news and he healed all kinds of people and they followed Now we get, for the first time in Matthew 5, Jesus actually says something. I mean, that is, he actually begins his teaching ministry. And it's so interesting, in chapter 5, in the first verse there, and the second verse, it actually highlights that that's what's happening. It says, seeing the crowds, which we learned already, large crowds were following him, he went up on the mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. And look at verse 2. Then... He opened his mouth and taught them saying, now think about that verse. He taught them saying, I mean, wouldn't that kind of dictate he's going to open his mouth? Right? I mean, if it says he taught them saying, inherent to teaching them saying is he opened his mouth. So what's the big deal about having it in there? And he opened his mouth. Well, the big deal is this is the first time. I mean, this is really the the, the significant time, starting in chapter 5, and all the way through chapter 7, we get the experience of Jesus really teaching us about life. And as he begins chapter 5, he gives us the cliff notes of life change. And that is the good news. I mean, think about it this way. It says here, seeing the crowds, we know that large crowds followed him. Do you suppose, do you suppose on that day when he's sitting on the mountainside and there's a huge crowd of people out there, that everybody out there that was listening to him sat there saying, you know, I am really happy with my life. I mean, I'm really pleased. Life is good. I really, I'm just really happy right now with the way life is. Do you suppose everybody in that crowd was in that place? I would think not, right? In fact, I would think the majority of people who were gravitated to Jesus, the majority of people who were coming there, remember it said, because he was teaching them the good news and he was healing all kinds of diseases, they were coming there because their life was not in a good place. And he teaches and proclaims to them the good news. Listen, I have good news for you. I have good news. Here's the good news. No matter where you are right now in your life, it can change and get better. No matter where you are in your life right now, it can change and get better. How much better? In the Beatitudes. In the Beatitudes, he gives us the cliff notes. And every one of those notes, every one of the Beatitudes, starts out with a particular word. The word is blessed. See it up there? Now, I gave you the amplified translation so that you wouldn't miss the fullness of what that word means. Okay, It says, blessed, happy to be envied and spiritually prosperous with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of their outward conditions. That's what it means to be blessed. That's good news, isn't it? That that you may not be in that place today. You, you may not be in that place where every day you walk through life blessed. That is, where you walk through life happy, to be envied, spiritually prosperous, with a life full of joy and satisfaction, and God's favor is on your life, and you know about salvation through Christ. And regardless of your situation, you say, this is the day the Lord has made <laughs> I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. That's blessed. See, if you're not in that place... You're like one of those folks in the crowd on that first day. And I've got good news for you. Your life can absolutely change. And you can be blessed. That's the cliff notes. Blessed. So how do we do it? Well, we do it through the experience, those principles of life change. So he starts out saying, well, blessed are those who are spiritually needy. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Blessed are those who are spiritually needy. What is spiritually needy? Well, it's principle number one, right? I realize I am powerless. That is, we realize that in and of ourselves, we don't have what it takes spiritually to have our lives change, the dramatic change that God wants to accomplish. That in and of ourselves, we just can't do it. It's just not in us. And so he says, listen, if if you understand that principle, that that you can't do it by yourself, you are on the first step to what it means to be blessed, to get to that place. He follows it up. He said, blessed are those who are sad. They will be comforted. Well, if you're spiritually needy, you're obviously not going to be walking around happy, right? (laughs) You're going to be sad. And if you're sad, you need to have a confidence that God can do a work in your life. That what you can't do, God can do. If you look at all the Beatitudes, over and over and over again in the Beatitudes, there is this phrase, they will be. 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 Do you get the point? They will be. Well, who's doing all that work? Who's doing all the, they will be? It's not you. Because step number one, we learned you can't do it in and of yourself. Who is the other alternative? Well, there is a real God, and this real God can do it. What you can't do, this real God can do. That's good news. What you can't do, this real God can do. He is powerful enough to make the change in your life that needs to happen. Step number three, blessed are those who are free of pride. They will be given the earth. Blessed are those happy, prosperous, favor, satisfaction, are those who are free of pride. What's free of pride? You're no longer stuck on yourself. Instead, you've surrendered your life to Christ. That's step number three. I'm willing to surrender my life completely and absolutely to Christ. You see, that's where freedom begins. That's where that That change takes place when we realize we're powerless, when we realize that God can do this work in our life, and that we can just surrender ourselves and say, Lord, it's no longer about me. It is absolutely now all about you. When you're free of that pride, blessedness has a chance. Step number four, blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty for what is right. They will be filled. Notice it said, blessed, happy are those who are hungry and thirsty for what is right. Do you see that? Now, think about this. If you are hungry and thirsty all the time for what is right, it means you don't concentrate anymore on what is wrong in your life, which is step number four. I surrender my garbage, past and present, See, if blessedness is taking place, if life change is happening in your life, your your focus, your heart, your mind, your soul is going to start hungering and thirsting for the right stuff that God is doing in your life. And if God is doing this in your life, you can let go of all the garbage. You can be on the right stuff. You don't have to focus on the wrong stuff, the shame, the guilt, all that stuff you did wrong and the failure. You can let go of that stuff. That's step number four. Number five, blessed are those who show mercy, they will receive mercy. What's going on in that one? Well, you are extending some mercy and you are receiving some mercy, right? Step number five, I forgive others and I get with Christ-minded people. I go through an inventory, I look at my life, and I go out and exercise forgiveness in other people's lives and I receive forgiveness as well. I surround myself with Christ-minded people who can exercise that forgiveness Uh, in my life step number six blessed are those whose hearts are pure they will see God whose hearts are pure how do you get a pure heart well your heart is going to get pure as you surrender to Christ and you start doing step number six that is I let the word and will of God change my thinking speaking and and acting all of a sudden my thinking my speaking and my acting have a purity about them why because I'm now being governed not by what I think not about what I want but I'm being governed by what the word has to say I'm letting the will of God work in my life as I consume his word and when I let that happen my life is going to take on some purity I'm gonna start doing it the right way I'm gonna start living it the right way you with me You see, it's that step that says, it's no longer me. My life gets shaped now by the will and by the word of God. Step seven, blessed are those who make peace. They will be called sons of God. You become a peacemaker, but where do you start? Here it is. If you're going to have this step take effect in your life, it's because you've decided first and foremost every single day to make peace with Christ. I mean, you you can't extend peace out into other people's lives if you don't start in that place where you say, listen, the most important thing I can do is to sit down, spend some time daily with God, and make peace. And when you do that, when you get in peace with God, then it's going to bring you in relationship with God's people regularly, and you're going to be in that harmony and that sense of peace. And that's where we need to be. Hey, Have you ever noticed how quickly, out there in the world, when there's a congregation where there's infighting going on, you know, when there's a church, a congregation, and there's there's some struggle and some infighting going on, have you ever noticed how fast that word travels out into the community? It's incredible, isn't it? It just travels like wildfire out there. Why? Well, the evil one loves it to begin with, and it tries to destroy the church by lifting up the disharmony. What's going on? People forgot step number seven. That every day, you've got to get at peace with God. Daily time with God. Get at peace with God. And every week, you've got to be with his people and be at peace at the table. And when we don't do that, we create a bad witness in the world. And the evil one loves a bad witness. Step seven, you just got to take that daily time with God, and you got to be with his people weekly. Now we have the last one. Step number eight. We kind of touched on this at the end of last week. But we'll fill it out this week. Step number eight is, I'm here to make an impact for Christ. That I'm here to make an impact for Christ. That I start in my life, as my life is changing, I start making an impact for Christ. And it's in the Beatitudes. It starts at verse 10. It says, blessed are those who suffer for doing what is right. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. What are they suffering for? They're suffering for doing what is right correct now a lot of times we hear that part of that verse right and we get our head set on the word right not a bad word you got to do what's right but but the problem is there's a word that comes before that that is even more important it's even more more important that you do it correct you got to do it I mean blessed are those who suffer for doing. What is right. You gotta do it. I mean if you're gonna have life change in your life, you gotta be busy about doing kingdom work. You gotta get busy about actually doing righteous living and impacting others for the cause of Christ. Now it's important that you notice in this Beatitude, in this cliff note, that it's talking about doing for an impact in the in the kingdom of heaven. It's not talking about just starting to be a really good person. It's not talking about just starting to live a really moral life. It's talking about doing something that makes a difference for Christ. You see it later on in the verse, in 11 and 12. It says, Blessed are you when people make fun of you and hurt you. Why? Because of him, me, Jesus. Do You see that? we're not talking about just starting to doing just living a good life we're talking about doing that somehow has an impact for the cause in the name of Jesus Christ if you want to experience life change in its fullness you got to get busy in the kingdom you got to get busy doing stuff that stands up for Christ it says you are also blessed when they tell all kinds of evil lies about you because of me it's it's getting busy making a difference for Christ not for yourself for Christ now you say well wait a minute pastor you know my life's really not together yet I, I mean I, I hear what you're saying but you know I I think I need a little more time if get, just get my life together and if I get my life together once it's together then then yeah okay then I'll, I'll get involved and I will get doing really Listen, if I'd have followed that principle, I wouldn't be up here today. Because believe it or not, my life is not all together. I'm still a work in progress. You can't wait until life is all together. Life will never get all together if you don't get busy doing. you got to get busy doing. you got to get busy stepping out and standing up for the cause of Christ. That's what it is. That's part of how life change takes place. When you put yourself out there and you let people know, listen, I stand for Christ. What does it mean? You've got to seize the serve. you got to seize the serve. you got to start even before you're feeling like you should. You've got to seize the serve. Here's what it says in Romans 12. We touched on this verse last week just briefly. It says, love each other d- deeply, honor others more than yourself. That is a powerful statement. We're supposed to what? Honor others more than who? ourselves well wait a minute that's like step number one two and three right all wrapped up in one saying look it's no longer me it's it's a God who has the power to do it and I surrender my life completely to him and therefore my life is no longer about me it's all about him and if it's all about him scripture is saying listen you're just going to start concentrating on other people's lives you're going to do things not for yourself but for other people now this is how it works you know this is true What happens in your life? What happens in your life if you spend your time concentrating on all the things that are going wrong in your life? I mean, if you just start thinking all the time about, oh, man, this is just not good. This Man, this is just horrible in my life. This is just terrible in my life. And you spend all your time just thinking about and concentrating on all the horrible things that are going on in your life. What happens to your life? I mean, don't all those things get magnified? The more you spend your time thinking about it and concentrating on it and dwelling on it when it's all about you, all those things get magnified. The the scriptural truth is just the opposite. That if you get busy doing for the cause of Christ, if you get busy doing, then your problems are going to become smaller. And God is going to have the opportunity as you work in other people's life to actually heal those things and remove those things from your life. But if you harbor them, if you hold on to them, and you just focus yourself around them, they're going nowhere. But if you just move out and you start doing, then you're creating the opportunity for God to pour into your life and let those problems become smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller in your life. Does this make sense? You see how that works? It's a biblical principle. He says, never let the fire in your heart go out. Keep it alive. How? How do you keep the fire alive? Well, serve. See that? And not just anybody. Serve the Lord. Get busy making an impact for the cause of Christ. If you want to be somebody who has life change, then you've got to start talking about, acting about Christ from the get-go. And don't wait. Wait. Get busy right now doing it. And this is the way God sets it up. In in 2 Corinthians 1, he shows it to you. Okay, He says, he comforts us in all our troubles. Okay, we know that's true, right? He comforts us when we're struggling. We know that's true. But look what else. Now we can comfort others when they are in trouble. So if God is comforting us in our problems, what does it lead us to do? get busy, and comfort others. You see that? I mean, this is the way it works. You see, all those things in your life that you're struggling with over here, and you say, man, I just need change. I I need God to do an incredible work in my life. I need my life to get into a better place. And you start following these steps, and you surrender, you put him in charge, you concentrate on words, you spend daily time, you follow these steps along. It's going to lead you to be involved in somebody else's life. This is the way it works. This is the way God works. That all of those hurts, all those hang-ups, all those habits, all those things that were going on in your life that you needed to get free of, those become the very opportunities that God uses for you to speak in somebody else's life. That's the way it works. He uses us. Let me give you an example. Genesis 50. Do you remember the story of Joseph in the Old Testament? Okay, so you got Joseph, his brothers took him and sold him into slavery. Remember? They sell him into slavery. And he's in slavery, and his owner accuses him of something he didn't do, and he gets thrown into jail. And then he gets miraculously taken from jail and he becomes second in line to Pharaoh in Egypt. He becomes a second most powerful person in all of Egypt. And the day comes when his brothers, who sold him into slavery, come and appear for, before him and are asking for food because of the famine. Now, think about that moment. And you're Joseph. What is the opportunity you have right there in that moment? I mean, in your old self, the opportunity is to say, Whoa, it's get-even time. Right? I mean, that's kind of the opportunity. Whoa, it's get-even time. And that's not the way Joseph approaches it. Instead, it says, he looks at the situation and he understands. He says, brothers, you planned to harm me, but God planned it for good. He planned to do what is now being done. He wanted to save many lives. What did Joseph understand? He understood that all the hurts and all the difficulties he went through were the opportunities for God to do a great work in somebody else's life. You with me? you see that? That's the way it works. Life change. As God begins working in your life, as life change starts happening in your life, part of that is you need to get involved. You need to get serious. Get doing for the kingdom of heaven. And when you do that, it's going to bounce back and pour back into your life and support your life change. Think about it this way. If you want to get life change sustained in your life, I'll tell you what you do. Go back and hang out in our children's area and hang out with our kids back there. You want to get juiced? Go hang out with those kids on a Sunday morning when they're learning about Christ and they're praising Christ and they're praying with Christ and their life is being formed and fashioned for Christ. That's an exciting place to be. You want to get juiced? Go hang out in our young people's program. I'll give you evidence of that. We, we made the announcement last week, but i got to tell you, I am just awestruck by this that a couple of our young people, they organized a, a event for the communities here, for all the high school kids, Field of Faith, Cedarburg, Grafton, uh, Mequon, all those folks. A hundred kids showed up on a football field, and on that day, 30 kids gave their life to Christ. And that all happened because some high school kids got serious about doing for the cause of Christ. Isn't that awesome? Now you tell me, who do you want to hang out with? I want to hang out with them. Don't you? I want to go hang out with them. I want to get that bouncing back into my life. I want to go hang out with those kind of people that are making that impact for Christ. I don't have to wait until my life is perfect to do it. I just want to go hang out with those people. I don't care how old they are, how young they are. I want to go hang out with the people that are making that kind of difference. That's the way it works. So regardless of where you are in your life, when you start doing and you start getting out there and you start serving for the cause of Christ, you're going to find God bringing the right people into your life to keep that life change sustained in your life. What's it mean? It means ultimately as you keep going, you just you get out there, you start doing and you rely on the Holy Spirit and you just speak the truth about what's going on in your life. It says in Galatians 6, Brothers, sisters, what if someone is caught in sin? Then you are guided by the Spirit and should correct that person. Do it in a gentle way. Be careful. You could be tempted to Carry each other's heavy loads. If you do, you'll give the law of Christ its full meaning. Now, notice something in that verse. We're supposed to get out there. We're supposed to be doing, and we're supposed to be speaking. Remember what Jesus was doing in Matthew 5 for the first time? Speaking, right? He opened his mouth. He was speaking. We're supposed to open our mouth and start speaking into the lives of other people. But now notice, our speaking is always directed by the Holy Spirit. Here's the problem we have. A lot of folks say, yes, you know what, you're right, Pastor. I need to start speaking. You know, I know my friend and they're really messing it up. And so I am going to go talk to them and I am going to set them straight. You know what that means? I'm going to go tell them what I think is wrong with their life. That's not what that verse says. What does it say? You're supposed to go speak whose words to them? Not your own. You're supposed to go speak with them guided by the spirits. You're supposed to speak spirit words into their life. How can you speak spirit words in their life? Well, you can speak spirit words in their life. Because you've spent time daily with God and you've spent time in the word of God and it's been forming and shaping and fashioning you along the way here so that you've got words to share. You see how it works? When you get into life change, God is going to bring people into your life that you need to just be gentle and speak spirit truth into their life. Peter tells us this. He says, make sure in your hearts that Christ is Lord. That's where our words come from. Always be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks you about the hope they have. Be ready to give the reason for it, but do it gently and with respect. We're always looking for the opportunity to make that impact for the cause of Christ. Ultimately, it means we're always looking for a witness. We're always looking to make a witness. Paul says, my life means nothing. I only want to finish the race. I want to complete the work the Lord has given me. He wants me to give a witness to others about the good news. What was Jesus doing for the first time in Matthew 5? He was opening his mouth about the good news. That's what the Beatitudes are. You see, this is the good news. This is the cliff notes. If you want to know how the Bible lays out life change, just spend your time in Matthew 5. And if you do these steps, it is good news. Good news. Your life cannot be the same. Let's pray this morning. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity you give us, uh, for life change, the opportunity you give us to make all things new, not because of our power, but because of your presence in our life, because of the power of your word in our life, and the power of forgiveness in our life. And Lord, we come to you today, and we are like that crowd. I sat on that hillside. We just pray, Jesus, open your mouth this morning. Speak to us give us spirit words, and help us to just start doing it. And if it means just coming on Monday night to celebrate recovery, then move us to be there. Help us to just make that step that we'll be surrounded by God's people, like-minded Christ's people, that our lives can be blessed. We ask it through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Was a million.